0: Hey everyone, this is the Love of Cinema Podcast. We like to talk movies. If you like to talk movies too, you come to the right place.
1: Very little has been written about her, primarily because she pissed off pretty much everybody she came into contact with. Uh, there were no holy cows for Devyani, even though she had this weird obsession with Rajesh Khanna. And and, and many people say that she promoted him at the cost of promoting uh, or at the cost of Amitabh Bachchan.
0: How are you, folks? Welcome back to the Love of Cinema podcast. This is Himanshu, and today we are going to talk about a very special woman. The expression, frankly speaking, has an entirely different connotation for fans of Hindi cinema and readers of entertainment magazines from a certain era. If you fancy film gossip, history of film gossip, or writing film gossip, you do not want to miss today's episode. We are going to talk about a woman who wielded a lot of power. A woman whose gossip columns in film magazines were eagerly anticipated by the readers for their juicy scoops and dreaded by the stars themselves for their bluntness and insider information they divulged. Devyani Chobal, or Tsober, which would be the more authentic pronunciation of her name in Marathi, was a gossip columnist who wrote for film magazine Star and Style and a women's magazine called Eve's Weekly her column has become an integral part of Bollywood folklore. Titled Frankly Speaking, the column granted her poison pen a license to kill, a column which never shied away from political incorrectness or gave a damn about anyone's feelings. It was pure, unadulterated gossip in its full glory. And since she enjoyed a rather unique access to many stars, it was often too authentic, too close to comfort, for many stars. Chobel is widely acknowledged as a pioneer in use of a particular flavor of language, which would later become known as Hinglish. Essentially, English with a healthy mix of colloquial Hindi words. In a sense though, she was more than a gossip columnist. You'll see how she was almost a one-woman PR machine. Chobal had a peculiarly interesting love-hate relationship with Rajesh Khanna, one of Bollywood's biggest and most charismatic superstars. In fact, The word superstar in the context of a film star from Hindi cinema was first used by and popularized by Chobal herself. She was the first person to refer to Rajesh Khanna as a superstar in one of her columns. The only video footage of this fascinating woman you can find is from a BBC documentary on Rajesh Khanna titled Bombay Superstar. You can find it on YouTube. I would recommend watching it for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it's probably the only video footage there is which shows Rajesh Khanna at the peak of his stardom, fully drunk on his stardom, which itself is the most fascinating to experience in the form of moving images as opposed to reading about it. Secondly, there are also some portions where we get a glimpse into who Chabal was as a person. She's featured on this documentary as one of the people interviewed about Rajesh Khanna. Always dressed immaculately in a white sari, you can sense an enigmatic aura about her. Even in a documentary where the focus is on a charismatic superstar who features front and center, Chabal is able to live an indelible mark in the few scenes she is featured in, with her nonchalant style and sharp words. There is an unmistakable air of mystery about her. On today's episode, I was joined by Suparna Sharma to talk about Devyani, or Devi, as she was popularly known. Suparna is a film critic and the resident editor at the Asian age, and has covered films for more than a decade. Suparna is in the midst of researching a book on Devani Chobal, and was kind enough to share with us some very interesting tidbits about Chobal. We talked about Chobal's significance, the power she wielded, her episodes with Hema Malini, Dharmendra, Bachchan, Dilip Kumar, and tragic last few years. Here's our chat. Hey, uh, so could you um, give us a quick intro to who Devyani uh, Chaubal was and the publications uh, she worked for, uh, the magazines uh, she worked for? Uh,
1: right. <clears throat> so Devyani Chobal was a, a gossip writer, <clears throat> sorry, a, a Bollywood gossip writer who... Uh, basically came into her own in this magazine called Star and Style Uh, and its sister publication, uh, Eve's Weekly. She later had a regular column in Eve's Weekly. And uh, she was one of the first uh, women gossip writers in India. It was absolutely pure, bitchy, unadulterated gossip. That's what she wrote. Uh, it was very well reported, her stories. But her style of writing was a mix of English and Hindi. And she was, again, a pioneer in that, which is what we call Hinglish. Uh, you know, uh, while she would write, she would use a lot of uh, Hindi words, Hindi phrases, etc. And, and it was very, uh, it was her writing was very sharp. It was bitchy. Uh, and it was very strict. Uh, It was hugely entertaining. And uh, so her column, uh, frankly speaking, by Devi is what it eventually got called, was uh, people would buy that magazine, literally just immediately go to that uh, uh, column, because it would give them so much insight into the, the private lives of the stars who was sleeping with whom, who had broken up with whom, who was fighting with whom, everything. It was completely no holds barred. And if she, she went after somebody, she really went after them. So, so that's Devyani Chobal for you.
0: Now, uh, most of my generation has discovered her um, through that wonderful uh, Rajesh Khanna documentary done by BBC a Bombay Superstar. That. And there are a few scenes in that where uh, you know I at least for the first time got a glimpse of her and uh, you know even with those portions from that documentary um, you can tell that heres a person who has a presence about her you know because uh, the documentary is arguably on the most uh, charismatic stars uh, ever in uh, Bollywood history and even in those small portions where uh, she makes the appearance, uh, she kind of steals the show um, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, well, um, so one of the, she had many quirks, and one of her quirks was uh, she would always dress in white. Uh, some people attribute that to uh, Raj Kapoor's fascination for white. Some people attribute to her, uh, Devyani's own uh, sort of obsession in a way with Meena Kumari and she would even you know do this little ringlet uh, in her hair which was very meena kumari style um, so so this whole always wearing white was kind of a signature look of devyani and and she was very well educated she was uh, she was from a very very well to do family they were connected to the royal, uh, royal family of gwalior in some way uh, and and she was brought up uh, in a very modern kind of a you know uh, setting, and she spoke very fluent English. She wrote very well. Um, so um, uh, yeah, sorry, just repeat your question. I've kind of <laughs> forgotten your. Question.
0: Oh no no no! This is all good information. <laughs> I was just saying, uh, you know the. You can tell um, by, now, for example, out, yeah. there is a line in that um, documentary where she says, you know, she's talking about Rajasthana and she says, you know, in a very gossipy kind of a way that uh, seven texts at one party and seven more at another. And then he called me. And you can tell that, you know, she is a gossip writer at heart, uh, but there is much more to her uh, that, you know, uh, probably we don't know about, probably you know about, but uh, that a lot of people don't know about and i'm trying to get to the crux of that
1: she uh, so what happened is that uh, uh, this is my assessment she is no longer she she died in very tragic circumstances uh, so and it, very little has been written about her primarily because she pissed off pretty much everybody she came into contact with uh, there were no holy cows for Devyani, even though she had this weird obsession with Rajesh Khanna, and and, and many people say that she promoted him at the cost of promoting, uh, or at the cost of Amitabh Bachchan, um, and uh, she was the one who gave him that um, superstar title uh, as well. And, oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, and I mean the magazine did, and I think that piece was written by her because I I I. I, I think there was no byline in that piece, so it's now very difficult to tell who wrote it. <clears throat> but the style and everything was was hers. and uh, uh, she so as her column grew as her popularity grew, she got more and more access. And when she got more access, she wielded that power. she uh, She was in touch with some uh, people in the uh, in the underworld as well. Uh, in the sense of, because everybody wants to be in a Bollywood film, so Haji Mastan also acted in a film, and I think he produced a film, and 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 she had meetings with him. She would, if a star was down and out and needed funds, you know, she would she would connect people. Um, she so so she wielded her power in in that sense, and she became very important. She would often be like. You know, no, there would not be any party without an invite going out to her, uh, you know, and when she would walk in and often she would walk in in always very dramatic fashion. So I remember once someone telling me that she walked into this really big, very formal fancy party carrying her sandals in her hand, like, you know, on a finger. and. <laughs> and you know so so it was always for an impact it was always being like okay you may be the superstars like uh, but i'm still a diva you know right so so, um so and she used it I, i i have never heard anything that she got for herself she was single she never owned a house uh at the end when she needed a house she lived in a hostel in the sports hostel in in bombay she rented a room there that's that's the only place she had uh so i've never heard her taking advantage of anything or you know her power ever <coughs> but uh but yes she she liked the power she liked exercising it she liked having it she liked exuding it so you know Uh, she enjoyed she tripped on her own status
0: correct and uh, what uh, roughly were the years of her operation like uh, was she um, writing in the 60s as well because I know she was writing in 70s and
1: yeah I think she was in uh, she was a very junior uh, I think at uh, because there are no bylines Um, it's very difficult to figure that out and and you know I've tried to research her life uh, a lot. And even now, people are pissed off. And nobody wants to talk about her, which
0: is, <laughs> So, you know, have a life to their, of their own. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I've had, like, I, I remember I went and met Dharmendra. And I said, Aap se baat karna hai, I want to talk to you about Devyani. And he, he was so warm. And he was so welcoming. And he was so nice. And he was talking to me about his own career and work. And the moment I mentioned Devyani Chobal, he just like, he did this namaste gesture to me. And he said, all That's I it. would say is, yeah, <laughs> all I would say she should have taken care of herself. And I was like, but I want to know because there was this big episode with you when you chased her. There was a police case and everything. He He just, he didn't say anything. He just like did this namaste and said like, thank you. Bye bye. Please go away. Now, I'm aware
0: of that episode, but could you uh, t- uh, tell um, uh, our listeners uh, about what exactly happened uh, between <laughs> Kendra and her, that altercation?
1: Right. So, uh, well, uh, again, it's it's because it's all in the realm of gossip and that's how it should be taken. Uh, uh, she wrote a column, um, her regular, frankly speaking, uh, column. And there, uh, there was a party uh, because I think it was the the uh, it was a fortnight. The magazine was every fortnight, and in that she wrote about a party where Hima Malini had come and was maybe not, you know, dressed up and decked up, whatever the way I guess she expected or, or, or you know, and she was just like you know normal, like her hair was a little uh, all over the place and whatever. So in her column, she uh, Devyani wrote. Uh, sorry, and that was a time when uh, Dharmendra and Hima Malini were having an affair. And uh, so Devyani wrote in a column that Hima uh, Malini was looking like uh, last night's stale Idli sambar or something, right? And uh, uh, Idli that sambar... That didn't go down well with Dharmendra, Yeah, <laughs> right. and, and so there was, I think, at the race course, the, uh, the day after or two days after the column appeared somewhere near the race course at Mahalakshmi in Bombay, uh, Dharmendra caught sight of her and he said, I will beat you or, or, you know, I will show you and how dare you. And he chased her and she ran. And, <laughs> and I remember some in some report, there was like some trucks lined up and she was like trying to hide and whatever. And he chased her. And then eventually she went to a police station and, and registered a complaint and, i mean he i don't think he got to her i don't think he actually hit her and i don't think he would have actually hit a woman because i don't think thermin is that kind of a guy but he will, must have been livid he's also a very uh, very punjabi very virile man and uh, but but the funny thing is that their association uh, devyani and dharmendra's association goes back to the first time when he came and devyani wrote these pieces on these profiles and interviews of dharmendra which really created this profile of this you know jatt punjabi boy who is uh, well, again, very virile because there was a lot of like how uh, sexually active he is, and uh, so so you know she really kind of contributed to this image of of Dharmendra at that at that point. And now this relationship was totally collapsing because she had just written some bitchy thing, and Dharmendra being Dharmendra couldn't take it. So. Uh, uh, so so that was the episode i think it dragged on for a bit and then it just died its own you know life so
0: right right it's interesting that you know it almost sounds like um, she was a gossip columnist for sure but she was also like a one man pr machine for uh, some of the stars back then
1: uh yes, it, see there were very few magazines uh, at that time, and this is a world before the social media explosion. I mean, years, decades before that. So there were these print magazines. There was uh, Filmfare, which I think was a really big one at that point. Then there was Star and Style. There was something. There was Screen as well, but. Basically, these two were the big, big magazines, and then came Stardust after uh, after some years, and then came CineBlades much later. So at that time, they were pretty much these two magazines, these two film magazines. Which, and and Filmfare, uh, pretty much early in its uh, life, be a very uh, pro film industry magazine, uh, in the sense that it would. I remember reading something which Filmfare kind of pretended was gossip. I remember reading this piece about these actresses in the late sixties going out on a you know like a little picnic and there were four or five of these big top actresses at that time. They had wrapped up some shoot of theirs and they and and they were carrying booze, obviously, but the way Filmfare reported it was like and in these in these glass bottles of alcohol these women were just carrying some nimbu pani or water or you know so so they were always trying to present this sati savitri oh my god Sanitized version,
0: yeah.
1: yeah and very deliberately projecting like a like a very quote-unquote moral good women image whereas this uh, you know star and style was like going all out and if somebody was drunk they would just say that you know I remember reading about uh, in Star and Style about this this um, I'm forgetting her this actress's name who played Jess Santoshima, in, which is one of the biggest hits uh, of of that decade you know this this film called Jess and I think her name was Guha uh, she was an Assamese actress and uh, and she would drink she 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 drank at parties and uh, and she would cover her glass with a tissue paper. So you know, uh, and I remember reading about that in Star and Style that you know she she drank. Jay Santoshi Santoshi Ma was drinking at a party. Anita Guha, uh, Right. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, and uh, uh, but Filmfare was the other extreme. It would just pretend like, oh no, these women only you know they don't touch alcohol and they are all like very proper, and whatever its own notion of morality was. So it was just, you know, censoring, editing, uh, fictionalizing pretty much the lives of these stars, whereas Star and Style, at least to the extent uh, they could, it was presenting it the way it was. If it was ugly, it told you it was ugly. If it was fun and bitchy and these women got drunk or they were having affairs, it just told you that. So, uh, you know, so the attraction was very different. It was it was more vicarious. It was more real. It was more uh, entertaining, whereas filmfare became a little boring and
0: you know academic almost and who were the respective uh editors at this time of the two magazines
1: Filmfare, i'm not sure because they kept changing but i remember there was a time and i think that is when Filmfare peaked especially it's re- in its reviews was uh i don't re- i don't know if you recall this act- actor called k.n singh oh yes of course yes Right. So K.N. Singh, who was also a master's in English himself, um, this uh, his brother was editing Filmfare at one point, And that's when Filmfare's um, uh, film reviews became very, very popular because he really focused on it. And, you know, uh, suddenly film reviews became a thing, which were, was not the case before that um uh so i i don't remember who uh but star and style editor was this woman called uh uh ed edwin uh give me a minute it will come back to me <laughs> sure sure no no uh, uh she's now in uh well last i checked she was in um in the u k and not very well uh but I, uh, I, I, the name will come come back to me. So. Sure,
0: sure. And um, where where did uh, Film India figure into this? Because I know uh, Baburao Patel had a similar kind of a column, right? Editor's Mail, sure. and that used to be fairly uh, you know sharp tongued. And was, was he still around during this time that Chobol was I writing?
1: was yeah yeah I think there was some overlap uh, of time, but but Babu Rao's magazine became very political after uh, and after independence uh, uh and he i i um, i remember when i was researching uh, even his editorials were kind of addressed to Jawaharlal Nehru yes
0: yes i, I think there's <laughs> and, uh, there's a long history he had right he was fairly outspoken uh, about nehru yes
1: yes and uh th- So um, it became very political very early. And um, so in in the film, though earlier he would be all gossipy and writing about, uh, you know, uh, 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 pre-partition bolly well, not Bollywood, whatever, the film industry at that time. And because there was a lot happening in in, uh, Lahore also at that time, and a lot of actresses came from there. Uh, you know a lot of them were muslim who had come from there um, so there was a uh, but eventually after independence he just i think he had political aspirations and he saw himself as kind of this you know this journalist who who had serious ideas to contribute who had uh, a, a very uh, solid critique of the government and what it was doing etc so it it became less a film magazine and more a political magazine um, over time. And it also became a bit boring uh, because it became more like a rant. And I remember reading some of their film columns, which became like an, like columns addressed to the industry in the sense of who's producing what film, who's putting in money, where, which actors it's More like a trade magazine, what. right. Right. Yeah. So, so that, you know, that, I mean it lost its charm
0: Um, I see now going back to Chobal uh, you told us about that anecdote about Dharmendra. any um, other anecdotes interesting anecdotes that you could share uh, quickly anything with uh, Bachchan or any of the big stars in the 70s
1: I think Bachchan never gave gave, uh, well I think Bachchan tried Uh, I don't know whether this incident is true or not because again it's in the realm of gossip and you don't know what you know who's telling what with what agenda but while I was researching I remember some uh, someone telling me who used to work with Devyani Chauval how Amitabh Bachchan once came with his photographs to meet Devyani Chauval in the office and uh, those were typewriter days and whatever and, and he sat there and and uh, and he tried to push his own, you know, story and this is who I am, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and I think she eventually may have done something or not something, not done. But uh, I remember this person telling me that later she apparently told Rajesh Khanna, you have to be careful of this man. Uh, uh, he will be your big competition. Right, right. I I
0: remember reading about that somewhere, uh, maybe in one of uh, Yasir Usman's uh, books. I think he has mentioned that that she was kind of an early, um, you know, she kind of warned, so to speak, uh, uh, Rajesh Khanna about um, the science, uh, uh, about Bachchan's appeal and everything.
1: Yes, yes. And because she was so aligned with Rajesh Khanna's success, uh she had invested so much in it
0: um she was looking out for him
1: yeah she was uh while being a a a, a kind of an independent journalist but her yeah her 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 loyalties I, if it came to this i mean if she had to write about rajesh khanna's gossip she would just you know go all out and just gossip about him but if when it came to Rajesh Khanna versus another actor. Then she stood with Rajesh Khanna.
0: And how was her rapport with uh, some of the uh, female superstars? Uh,
1: pretty bad, I think. Uh, and especially the big ones, the big actresses. Because she didn't spare anyone. But I think the the her, from what I have understood, her big network of gossip was, of course, uh, people on the sets. Uh, you know, the the lower down the rung, uh, those were her sources. Uh, but more than that, uh, and this is my uh, analysis or conjecture, whatever you may call it, the wives of producers, her big sources of information of who was sleeping with whom was the wives of all the big producers. And at that time, there was an there was a, an actual association of producers wives they would meet every once in a while i have no idea to do what <laughs> maybe lister kitty party oh wow i didn't know about this okay <laughs> right and they would actually like sit and have an agenda and i've been trying to get my hands on some of that but i have not been able to i've not been successful um but they would have these meetings quite regularly and and devyani reported on some of these meetings and and the reports are uh they're fascinating absolutely because I remember one where she went and you know so so the meeting has been convened so all the producers the big the wives of big producers are sitting behind a table and there are notepads and water and you know little pens or pencils or whatever and And the meeting has just begun and some journalists are sitting and and, uh, so I, but then what happens is that somebody brings a phone, like somebody, it's in a hotel, this meeting was taking place in a hotel and somebody brought a phone. I I mean, those are those big black phones, if you recall, you know, the one that you dial and whatever. And so I think uh, B.R. Chopra's wife or something, who was the president at that time of this producers' wives' association, she got a call and she had to rush. So the meeting meeting was called off. So, <laughs> so I, I, I was just fascinated by these women who were just wives of producers and had their own thing going and they would address journalists. So I think there was a lot of um, uh, inside information that these women had, which they shared with Devyani.
0: Wow. I mean, you can tell that uh, she certainly had a skill for uh, building relationships. I mean, because I'm wondering why uh, these wives of producers uh, would uh, make her privy to the information that they're sharing at their kitty parties. So there must certainly be a strong relationship. um, Or or it could be because it uh, in turn is going to help the films.
1: No, um, I don't think there were much. I mean, surely there's always commercial interest. But the point is that... Uh, and and this is what I really believe, Bolly, whatever morality the world, uh, the middle class India or upper class India or lower class India has, Bollywood has its own morality. Uh, uh, so where sleeping around is not a big deal, where uh, people getting attracted to each other and having an affair, which at that point seems like, oh my God, this is it. Happens all the time between married people, one married, one single, whatever. So, uh, and uh, these producers' wives who actually have no role to play, right? They are just the wives of producers. They're rich, um, they're important in that sense at parties, but they really don't have a role. So, their only power is this inside information and so it is an exercise of that power of of these women to be to be to count for something to 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 have access to a journalist uh, you know a big name journalist so so it's everything is a power game right everybody's trying to you know draw some power from wherever they can and 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 I don't think they were they so they were basically doing it to remain relevant and and interesting and you know bitch basically to bitch.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 uh, that dynamic is definitely there.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> well, um, now um, here's an important uh, point that I wanted to talk to you about. Now we are talking about seventies, early eighties, maybe. When when exactly uh, did she pass away?
1: I think she passed away somewhere in 85, 87. I'm I okay.
0: So around uh, mid, mid-80s,
1: Yes, and but she was out of she was not working for about 10 years before she died because she had a stroke and she was paralyzed. And okay. uh, yeah, and that that part of her life is just deeply, deeply tragic. So
0: Right, right. So I'm imagining, you know, she was essentially operative during um, the early 70s and the mid-70s. And in in an absolutely patriarchal, you know, um, male-dominated um, industry like Bollywood, here was a woman who, uh, you know, wielded so much power. And like we said, she was not just a gossip columnist, but she was pretty much like a one-man PR machine. And this has bound to rub some people the wrong way and especially because of her being a woman and i'm thinking that there sh- there must have been a lot of uh, backlash and pushback and uh, <clears throat> trying to you know uh, displace her from a place of power
1: yeah so uh, basically what happened uh, so one of her big breaking stories in her career Um, Well, one was that she outed Rajesh Khanna and Tina Munim's affair. Um, Then uh, the other big story, the biggest story, I think, of her career was that Dilip Kumar had married, had a second marriage. Now, that's a story she got from wherever she got it. And she tried to sell it to... Uh, or her magazine refused to publish. I don't know what happened internally. But she was told d- it would not be published because, I mean, you have to understand what Dilip Kumar was at that point. It is like saying Jwala Nehru has a hidden wife somewhere. <laughs> <You Right. know? laughs> so Dilip Kumar was like the epitome of, like, like he's it. He is the, you know... Uh, he's the hard the,
0: draw, right? No, no, no.
1: And not just the heartthrob he is the Maryada Purushottam. he is the ram he is the <laughs> you know he is he's is, he's is married saira bano he takes care of all his sisters he takes care of his family etc and he's this very he's yusuf but his name is dilip kumar and you know he plays devdas and he's tragic and he's sad and whatever so so he's he's a he's a colossal he's a He's a huge thing. He's a big shit in, in Bollywood, in film, in, in the Bombay film industry. Uh, I mean, films were written for him. And, and, and also as a, as purely as an actor. I mean, he's, the, even now, I mean, his his acting, I mean, you know, his the best of his work. I mean, he, 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 nobody can touch him. He's he's so fabulous. Um, so at that point, for someone to, and she had ready access to his house. She would go for all there. they would have many, because he, he took care of his sisters and they, it was a big family, um, uh, Dilip, Dilip Saab's family. And um, so she would, she was very friendly with one of the sisters and she would keep going there. And often when Dilip Kumar was in the house, he would come out and see her off. You know, it was that kind of a a warm relationship that they had. It was not formal. It was uh, very, uh, you know, friendly and, you know, like like she's part of some extended family. For her to then, when he's married to Saira Bano, for her to then write the story that Dilip Kumar has a hidden wife somewhere in Hyderabad or wherever it was. I mean, that's a big, big 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 deal and so her, I think her magazine must have freaked out like no way are we touching this story and so what she did she went to Delhi and there was this uh, Urdu film magazine which was run by the Sadia Delvi, the, the Helvi family and she gave it to them and so they ran the story and once they ran it everybody had to run it and uh, and then it eventually did appear in, uh, wherever it did with interviews of of that that woman etc. And and I think that uh, shut many 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 doors for uh, Devyani um, uh, Chawla. That one story it 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 definitely she was a persona non grata in the, in the in Dilip Kumar's house for sure after that.
0: Shared had
1: yeah. Well, according to them, but she was a journalist. So in my opinion, she had. Oh, absolutely. Right. Right. According <laughs> to them, she had step. Yeah. According. Yeah. But but that's the nature of this job. Right. Till you write things which kind of border on PR, everybody's happy with you. The moment you go and do some real stuff, um, people get pissed off. And that's the nature of it. I mean, nothing unique about this. You know, this is what any any good journalist who will pursue some stories, um, they they'll face the same thing. So and and I think that's part of the journalists understand that they are. Uh, it's you the nature know. of the beast, yeah. Right, and, and they they will they will talk about it because it's a good story to to tell an audience after getting drunk. <laughs> but uh, but that's it. That's how it is, and these relationships get formed and. I, I think it's also important for journalists and, and for, you know, um whoever they are talking to, to understand that journalists will always remain journalists. They are only after the story, you know, beyond a point, you may be whatever, whoever you are, but if they get a story, then sorry.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, that's your job, though. I mean, that's the job. I mean, right. That School, yeah, story, and, whatever you want to call it.
1: Journalists are, in a way, megalomaniacs. You know, most of them are. They love seeing their byline. They love seeing their name out there. They love being talked about. So they will put their work themselves above everyone. So, uh, you know.
0: It's a power trip, right? right.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, um, mahindra's character in Dirty Picture, you think uh, that had shades of uh, Chobal?
1: I don't think it had shades. I think it was purely Chobal.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, then it's it's also uh, very interesting because especially given the subtext uh, between Anjumahindru and um, uh, Rajesh Khanna.
1: Yes. Um, and Anjumahindru is uh, kind of fond of, still fond of uh, one of the few people who actually spoke to me about Devyani. Mm, And and she's very bright, Anju, And she has suffered uh, a lot in the film industry because of uh, Rajesh Khanna's weird obsession with her. Uh, I mean, he destroyed her first film, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, I I think she was just such an interesting choice to play that uh, because of their own uh, story of... You know, the, the, her connect with Devyani, her her own life, the way it has it has been impacted, not just by Rajesh Khanna, but the stories that uh, Devyani wrote, like the wedding story, uh, Rajesh Khanna's wedding story, how he deliberately took the baraat from outside Anjumahindru's house. I mean, how uh, how sadistic must the man be to do that? So. Uh, uh, yeah, I think she's. It was a. It was a very, very, very interesting choice, and and uh, and Anju Mahindra, I think she she's a she's a very talented actress, and she's very she has a very nice screen presence. And uh, I was really glad, you know, that she got this uh, this 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 opportunity to kind of register her thing in this story. You know. Yeah, <laughs> in I this think I I do experience.
0: think she she's fairly undersung yeah. as an um, actress
1: yeah
0: How was uh, her um uh, relationship with uh, devyani
1: i think they were they were uh, uh uh from what i recall and what i understand is that devyani was actually friends with her mother who you, who was a working woman in that era uh and um because i think she was the, uh, anju mahindra started with some under 16 modeling type she was very 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 young when when she came into the film industry and and so her relationship with anju mahindra was more of an aunt and more of an elderly uh, you know uh, journalist or acquaintance of the family or something so i don't think they had a lot of direct because you can imagine there is a journalist who's doing all this and there's a 16 year old girl you know so what kind of relationship will they really have but uh, but she was very close to to anjum mother
0: and now uh, if you were to cast somebody in as chawla in a show that was supposed to be made today uh, any um, suggestions for that kind of casting <laughs>
1: I've been From present of, day
0: actors,
1: yeah. yeah. I've been thinking about this for a long time, and and you know, uh, uh, maybe that's the trouble with all these biopics, you know, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you can never get it right, and you can never, nobody can, you know, because uh, I think more than looks, this this role would need a personality, uh, and and. As of now, I, I don't know. I mean, I can think of great actresses, uh, you know, uh, who can play um, Devyani, who will do a very good job of it. But I don't know. I wish Did you give us just... a
0: couple of names. <laughs> um,
1: well, um, uh, 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 I'm very bad. It takes me a while for names to come up. Uh, 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 Sakri uh what's the name of that actress oh the um, uh, uh
0: Sudanda, Sureka, Sureka, Sureka sorry
1: yeah I think Sureka Sekri would be interesting though uh, I mean it's horrible to say this but I think she's she is uh maybe a little older than what uh, Devyani was at that time right. uh, I can't I really can't think of of uh anyone else I mean uh can you think of anyone? Have you thought yeah, of? Yeah, I was uh, thinking. Artists. You know, uh,
0: <clears throat> I don't know. I I kept on seeing uh, Vidya Balan in um, as her for some reason. I don't know why.
1: Well, because maybe because Vidya Balan does have a personality and and does have. But I think Vidya Balan projects more than she acts. So uh, for me, that's that makes it a little fake for me. So I I. You know the you know the difference in projecting and acting, like like right. Dilip Kumar acts, but Salman Khan projects, right? So, <laughs> um, so I, I find Vidya Balan, uh, yeah, but but I know what you mean. She's a personality and she has a presence. So yeah, I think for lack of any other ideas, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's
0: great. I so, think Naina
1: that yeah, actually. Sorry, I thought Nina Gupta would be yes. Uh,
0: yes, I, you know, I was going to ask you uh, that uh,
1: uh, would be X. an excellent choice because she can act. I mean, she can hold, uh, you know, um, and she has a she has a warm side, and she has and she can transform. Yes, you know, and
0: she person. she's also another person who definitely has a presence.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think Nina Gupta would be just the. Uh, Probably or uh, uh, even taboo, because she can act because she can project a, I mean she can she can be someone so I think taboo would also be uh, yeah, uh, a nice
0: suggestion too. Yeah.
1: very yeah. interesting choice uh, of course they would all look very different from what Devyani looked like, but
0: right, you know. it's difficult because uh, since uh, like you said, she operated for a very um, you know limited number of years, we are yeah. looking at that particular image of hers but those yeah. are interesting choices. Yeah. Now, a couple of recommendations I wanted to ask you: um, a good book uh, or a film that covers this kind of time from the Bombay <laughs> film world, or maybe not even this time, but just in general that you have read or um, seen recently.
1: Okay, the book. One book I I respect a lot uh, for its research and its uh, and what all has gone into it is. Um, this book called uh, "Bollywood: A History" by Mihir Bose. Uh, okay, um, it's it it's it's does it not, cover a
0: particular um
1: it, a it time covers, in the industry? Or? Yeah, from the beginning to to a certain period. But it is it gives you a very good idea of what this industry was about, what were its issues. Um, and uh, and who were the personalities? It it's a it's a very very well reported, well researched, uh, n- nicely neatly written book. I would not say it's like a uh, like a page turner. It's not a it's not very pacey. It's not given the subject. I would have liked it to be a little more uh, 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 the writing style to be different. But then I guess. Uh, a man is writing it versus a woman. <laughs> so, um, so that's one book I I highly highly recommend. Uh, uh, okay. Apart from that, there is this you know there is this compilation of articles which is also very nice uh, writings on Bollywood called the Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, it has some very nice uh, pieces. Then uh, uh, there is Yasir's book on Rajesh Khanna, which I think is one of the best books, uh, you know, uh, capturing not just the star, but also that period. Uh,
0: yes, yes, uh, I've read that book, yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Uh, Nasreen Muni Kabir's books are quite, quite nice. Very nice, yes. Yeah, they are, uh, I, I find them very, very interesting. Uh, I don't know if you've... you've uh, but the other books, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Mostly I find books on Bollywood, uh, including like Jerry Pinto's he- book on Helen and uh, or Vinod Mehta's book on Meena Kumari. And uh, so bad, so bad, so bad. They're not worth the paper they're printing or printed on. It's just just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you read the recent uh, book on uh, Smita Patel? Uh no, and I'm very wary because I I (laughs) I believe that we are dealing with a popular mainstream um, uh, film industry, and how we convey this industry has to be in a language that that industry speaks, whether in their films or in real or whatever, to make it. And I believe that it must be researched very, very, very well. But when you write it, it has to be fun. It has to be engaging. It's the Bombay film industry, for God's sake. You know, you can't make it so boring and academic. It
0: has to be it's, accessible, right?
1: Yes. Uh, more than accessible. It has to, like, lift me. It has to entertain me. I mean, that's the job of of a writer. Please spend and five And you get years a
0: feeling that uh, most of the writing is too academic.
1: Yeah, and they think, I think there is this 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 misconception somewhere that you will be taken less seriously if you uh, if you don't write in a certain way in a certain style in a and and I find that kind of really annoying and a waste of my time to pick up these books and then say Helen was born in so and so year and then she did this dance and please yeah we were told. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, when um, I did my episode with um, Yasir Usman. You know, we were talking that it usually falls into two buckets. So, you know, one is uh, where it's kind of under researched and it um, it's not fully baked, you know, so to speak. And then the second bucket is it's 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 so academic that it's not accessible, and you know, it it takes the whole fun away from it. So yeah, uh,
1: you're, you're absolutely right. Not just academic; it is theorizing, right, and and of course there is space for theories, of course there is space for why is India telling itself only these four or five stories about, you know, uh, uh, one story which is completely Ramayan, one story which is completely, uh, you know, Mahabharat, one story which is about separation, you know. Uh, brother, sister, whatever, they are separated and then they will meet again. So why are we telling all these stories to our, to ourselves constantly? And and there is, there is a real uh, academic work to be done there to research that why do these four or five stories appeal to Indians so much? Uh, but I mean, you also, popular culture has its own connect and you can't just go back to your your old theories, you know, your left theories, your Marxist theories, your you know about about the world and the worldview, and 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 ignore the connect that is happening now. Ignore the new things that are happening now. So so it, so it, and and that I find kind of stilted. That you have these theories now, you're just going to apply them to this to what is happening. So you know, I I also don't find it like it's there's nothing new there, even in uh, very academic writing. Um, I find it a bit dull.
0: Mm, yeah, I agree with you. There, there is this uh, sense of like forced uh, fitting, kind of like you said. It's like trying to fit into these um, set theories that you have. Yeah,
1: kind of- yeah. Like if I tell you, uh, for example, that India loves telling itself, uh, you know, the story of two brothers. Um, who get separated in a Mela, in whatever, in, at birth, in the hospital, which is like repeatedly we are telling ourselves this story. And if I ask you, why do we like doing that? I mean, you will come up with the answer in one second, right? It's because of partition. And that's it. Now, how many times must we read this again and again and again and books <laughs> of devoted to this? <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah.
0: All right. And now, um, when is your book coming out? So um, oh you're God. writing this That's book on Devyani Shobu.
1: I, uh, so I have, uh, I have, um, I don't know if there's a word for it. When, when writers think, uh, when they are researching and they think, I spent six months researching this book, uh, uh, this character, Devyani, and uh, more than another six months uh, Uh, reading her pieces and the only sense I have right now is I have done nothing I don't know anything (laughs) 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 and how can I write about a person's life by you know uh, researching it for one year so I have to go back to my research and that's what I'm planning to do this year so I don't know uh uh, it's in the works yes it's been in the works forever and I don't know what what will happen but Let's see.
0: And are you finding a lot of um, material uh, about her in the archives? like uh, Not or... a,
1: Nothing. There is nothing. There is absolutely nothing. So uh, how
0: are you going about your research? By talking to so,
1: people? Yeah. Well, talking to people, I'm basically uh, basing a lot of my uh, my understanding of her from her writing. Okay, That's where she puts herself out the most in the most honest, uh, visceral kind of a way. So a lot of my sense of Devyani is from her own writing. Um, The second source is people who knew her. But again, not many people want to talk about her. I mean, she's been dead for like 30 years. They still don't want to talk about her. So... um, Why is
0: that? I I don't understand. Like, uh, why uh, why would that be?
1: They just still pissed off.
0: (laughs) It's that very strange, yeah, that, uh, because uh, if they're still holding a grudge, which is very strange too, I mean, if for some person who has passed away 30 years ago.
1: Well, I told you about Dharmendra, I mean, you know, I think mean, he's Dharmendra, for God's sake, <laughs> but he doesn't want to talk about it. I mean, I don't, but, but that is, and, and in a sense, when I met these people mm, who kind of shut the door on me in, in a sense, i also realized how difficult it must have been for devyani to actually extract and get this information and get these stories and be so devoted to this this job of getting the real masala gossip out uh, about these 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 lives who who they are trying to protect so much their image their you know uh, their kind of affairs information about you know all all this they, they try and guard it so well um, and yet to be able to to put it out there every fortnight. I mean, I, so it also gave me a sense of what she was dealing with, you know, so uh, quite intimidating.
0: Right. And
1: uh, for our listeners, is
0: um, are her columns, uh, frankly speaking, and are they available somewhere online where uh, people can read them?
1: Uh, No, not really. I don't think anybody's compiled them. And the problem is that she wrote in Eves Weekly and Star and Style. And uh, apart from the film archives in Pune, uh, nobody really has uh, Star and Style still exists. Uh, uh, Not the complete from when it started to when it uh, finished. Uh, Nobody has the complete uh, collection of Star and Style. So uh, and Eves Weekly no library has it. I have checked with the archives. I have checked at uh, Asiatic. I have checked at Nehru uh, library here. Nobody has Eves Weekly. Nobody has bothered to keep those magazines. So it's really too personal. I have actually bought online on eBay etc. I have actually had to pay like you know hundreds of dollars for just one column of Deviani, because somebody just has a particular issue of using A copy of, right. Yeah, and they are, then I contact them and I ask them, Do you have, is this lady's column there? And then they say, They check and then they say yes. And then I actually pay uh, <laughs> and get these wherever I can. But it's so scattered and it's really like my luck or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's really, and that's one of the reasons why I feel like I'm not ready to, to write. How can you write about a person's life when the research, in a sense, is so sketchy? So.
0: Right. Well, I really hope that you find all the material you need. And I'm really looking forward to this book because ever since I've seen that documentary, I want to read more about this woman.
1: Oh, how interesting. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I hope I actually do get down to writing it rather than just ranting about it.
0: (laughs) Please do. Please do. Thanks a lot, Suprana. Thank you so much for um, talking to us.
1: Thank you so much. It It was great fun.
0: What a fascinating woman Chabal was. It is especially remarkable how much power she enjoyed given the time during which she wrote. I can't wait to read more about her in Superna's book. Our podcast is now widely available on all major platforms. If you like this episode, do consider subscribing to our podcast. Also, if you could, please do drop us a review. It would be much appreciated. You can follow me on Twitter at LoveofCinemaSF8 for podcast-related updates and my tweets on all things movies. This is Imanchu, and I'll be back next week with another brand new episode. Thank you for listening to the Love of Cinema podcast.